Content warning. This podcast contains coarse language and cheeky themes. So if you've got kids in the car, colleagues in the office, or a nonna in the kitchen, chuck some headphones in. Who the bloody hell are we? Conversations about immigration and culture in Australia with your hosts, Mel and Sonia. Hello, listeners. We had such a fascinating and long chat with Sen that we decided to split it up into two episodes. So we hope you enjoy part one and join us next week for part two. Welcome to Who the Bloody Hell Are We?, where we once again look at personal experiences of migration and culture in Australia. I'm Sonia Dioru, and joining me once again is my co-host, Melissa Viola. Hello. Hello, Sonia. How are you feeling? I am good. I'm very excited for today. I'm also excited. We have a wonderful guest. Uh, Her name is Zen Tebeje, and she works for the Brave Foundation and is a YLAB Global Associate. She works as a mentor and advocate in the Western region and Western Melbourne region and Geelong. Correct? (laughs) That's exactly right. Welcome. Thanks for being here, Zen. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You guys are wonderful. (laughs) No worries. So uh, you came to Australia quite young with your family. Uh, How old were you? So um, I wouldn't say quite young, but I came when I was 14. Um, so, and then, yeah, I think so that's very, yeah. <laughs> that, that 14 is, I think I was very, yeah, to yeah. kind of know what's going on and be culture shock. That's, yeah. yeah and what, what had your experience up until that point been? I'm going to take you back. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, my parents, uh, flew Ethiopia because of the civil war yeah. to Sudan. And at that point, um, obviously I was born in Sudan, uh, you know, raised until the age of 14 there. Um, throughout my childhood, all I knew was like, you know, how to get into fight, how to play a game, um, you know, how to be silly, which is, you know, be smart ass on their hood and all that. Yeah. Um, that's all I knew because uh, I, you know, being born in a countryside, in a, you know, raised in a tent, like I, I stayed in a tent camp for five years. Um, so it's so unpredictable. So which five years were they? So um, we might... <sighs> I was. I remember we came here in two thousand four. Towards yep. the end of two thousand four, yep. um, we came like a, during the holiday time. So I would say back in two thousand, two thousand two, two thousand three, um, up to until two thousand four, we were obviously at the tent. Yeah. Um, so we initially, when my parents um, flew out of the country because of civil war, um, so my dad flew out with my mom. My mom was young. She was uh, only 15. Yeah. Um, so he flew out and he he was actually at the, he was a military. Um, so he was a soldier. So he was one year spent uh, elsewhere um, out on the border. And then he came with, my mom flew um, in 1970s um, to Sudan and then from there obviously we were born we were like I would say we were rich 
Um, that's how I define the thing is we lived in a hut. Do yep. you call them a hut? Do you yep. guys remember with their whole... Um, like what was a, it made out of? The, the, I remember the wall is made of like um, maybe like cow poos. Oh, I know. Really? <laughs> or mud. I, yeah, something like that. I, I recall it. Clay, and maybe? Clay. Like some, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, visually, I can show it to you, but I don't know what. Mm. You know, I should know, but it's a hut. Um, house, so it's pretty. It's pretty stable. Yeah, I was, would say. Was the roof also with the? I think it was like a grass, but those. What do they call them? Um, like reeds. Reeds. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it in the movie, but yeah. Um, <laughs> if you if I show you the picture, you probably be like, ah. Oh. But so all I know is it's very stable. When yeah. it rains, when it's hot, it's like very consistent. Okay. Like it goes with the weather, if that makes sense. Um, so this is me recalling the two experience that I have. Wow. So was this in Sudan? This was in Sudan. Yeah. So it's called Amrakuba. Um, so literally, if you, like, I don't know how many people live there, but it's a countryside. Very small. Uh, very small. Yeah. So, and then when my parents, so we, when I said reach to take you back, is that we had a, a lot of animal from camel, from milk, milking the cow. I grew yep. up milking the cow. Um, we had a cow, we had a dog, cats, you name it, a goat. So we were, we were like, everything is in our house. So it, later, it, yeah. they flew us out because of the situation wasn't like political situation. Um, you know, uh, New Zealand accepted us first yep. uh, to sponsor us. And they're like, we're going to take you to elsewhere because the political situation is a bit intense here. So they took us to another what's called Abraham. Um, that's another countryside. So we have to sell everything, including the cows, the camel, yeah. everything. Like we have to leave behind. So it was a little stuff that we took with us. And then we went there. Pfft, they're like big land with a tent was like wow. built. And I was like, I, I, at that time I was young. Again, all I knew is like having fun. I mean, to my parents, it's completely different experience. But I yep. do remember those childhood um, when my dad is struggle, my mom was like an amazing housewife. So she has she raised nine kids, Whoa. yo. Whoa. <laughs> I know. So she's she's full on. But um and then I came to tent and um we lived in a the tent like experience is so unpredictable. It's just like hot. And, and where was that? That was um it's in a place called Ambrakuba. Yeah. So again, it's uh, in Sudan in as Sudan. well. It's a uh, probably a, a few hours drive. It's just like yeah, I I haven't even like searched how far is in a distance. Um, so we went there, and all we again, all we knew was like you know surviving. And for me, it was life was good as I said as childhood because I know I miss like how to milk a cow, how yeah, to do yeah. stuff. They, I'm like, where is our animal? Hmm. What are we gonna do here? So what did you do when you if you left the farm? Mm. And then you were just in this tent city, or this tent Was community. it essentially refugee camp? It was yeah. a refugee camp, yeah. There were not only us, but there are a lot of people that who were, um, f you know, they drove a few hours to put us into a camp, literally. Yeah. Those are people are like, they haven't given us time how long we'll be waiting. That was the, the most intense part right. of it. They just, like, throw us. They're like, ah. Yeah, because there's out. no security, yeah. there's no, no end point. 
No, and the, the, the most terrifying was, this is my dad explained to us once we got into Australia. He's like, oh, New Zealand re- refused us. Really? So, yeah, they, they initially they accepted us because the, my dad, obviously, because of political reason, he can't enter the country uh, with my mom. And he has, you know, nine kids. That was a very, he had a lot of things in his plate. And, yep. yeah, and then when they refused us, my dad has to bounce back. He's like, oh, what are we going to do? And Australia stepped up. Australia is like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take this family. Wow. So again, we have to wait. So that added up to five years. Wow. So I, I know. you're one of nine. Where yeah. are you in the nine? I'm literally in the middle. Okay. So it gives me like a big, you know, big knowledge and, you know, you see what's going on from the older you're younger. It would youngest. be so interesting to know what your siblings felt, like your older siblings. Mm. How, how much older is your eldest sibling? I th- well, my God, that is the most question that I get asked and I'm like, uh, and then that's funny. <laughs> you know, how that's do you fun. remember them all? <laughs> I can't. Like, but he will be... 38, okay. 39. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So um, he was quite old and he probably has a completely different experience. Oh, yeah, totally. And I'm sure, but, you know, as being mm. the eldest, he would have had this, like, want to look after you guys and make sure that you were mm. making it a fun experience and, like, being Definitely. like, this is an adventure. Yeah. Like your parents. I know, right? Uh, totally. I mean, like, he had a responsibility as well. Culturally, um, being an old child, you know, obviously you have to follow your dad's step, whether my dad was a very, you know, very smart. He switched quickly and, you know, earned a great amount of money because he was a farmer. Um, yeah. He was he was straight away, as soon as he found a land, I'm going to produce something. So he was that creative and, um, you know, we, we managed to pass it. But at the same time, my old brother, he has to follow steps. And mm. it, it's very, it's a, yeah, there was a lot of things to carry. But my dad was, it took a lot of off our shoulder, like from my older siblings, I would say. Um, yeah, and my mom was very, you know, caring as well <laughs> every time he comes home and, you know, taking care of that. But, yeah, totally. That They have a completely different experience as as myself as well. Yeah, but, that's um, interesting because mm. um, it is the refugee experience and, um, you know, migration experience, um, but even just within the same family, mm. You all experience that individually. There is no one kind of... There's common things, I'm sure, common experiences. Totally. But it's really individual experience for you all. Definitely. Um, How old was your youngest sibling? So my younger... Like, I do know this because I adore him. (laughs) (laughs) I adore him. Favourite? Favourite. Older brother, (laughs) boo. He doesn't need an age. Oh, my (laughs) favourite. I love him. Um, His name is Dougie. Full name, Dagonet. Um, so he was born, he's a 2000 child. He was born in 2000. So he's, he'll be 20 and 19. Okay. So the, you also yeah, can't 20. forget that. Like, that's, pretty, <laughs> no, like, that's one that's, birthday you really that, never can yeah, forget. No, he's, he's 20. He will be 20 this year. So yeah. when you left the refugee camp, yeah. did you go straight to Melbourne? So, oh, I know, right? Um, that would be crazy. Oh, yes, yes. So we, like, obviously um, we have to go to the capital city of Sudan, which is um, Khartoum. Um, when we went there and I remember first time, I'm like, oh, my God, there is a, the, the light and the cars and everything, people. It was so busy. And uh, as I said, being a countryside, grow up with the 
animals and no one rushes. Everyone is just so chill. <laughs> taking their time. Taking the yeah. time and no one makes that noise. They're just like, you know, um, yeah, you smell the coffee. People are eating, drinking, chatting. That's all I know. And when I went to Capital City, I'm, everyone was like busy, dressed up, makeup and everything and <laughs> sparkles. And I'm like, what is this? Like, oh my gosh, that's so I, I know. I was like, what's going on? What, what's this? Like the car was fascinating for me because, again, we there are car, but I was in the middle of the countryside, so I don't country cars, yeah, (laughs) country cars you could call them. Um, Yeah, so it it was it was a it was very interesting, I would say, but at the same time, like, what the hell is going on? So, how old were you when you first experienced the city, as you were saying? So we so I came here um, when I was fourteen. So well. Definitely, when I, at the age of fourteen, around f- close to fifteen. Um, so I was when I came here. It, it was like I mean, being fourteen, close to fifteen. It's not. Yeah, I'm not a baby. I'm not like I. No, I grow up knowing a lot growing. of things. Yeah, yeah. And being a person like all over the neighborhood, you learn, you see things. Right. Yeah. That became a knowledge. Mm-hmm. So we went to um, Capital City, Khartoum, and then from there, obviously. There was an, another stop, I think I would say Egypt. And then, um, yeah, Egypt was so beautiful as well. Cairo was, like, yeah. amazing. I'm like, oh, have we landed? Is, this, is, <laughs> is that it? Like, no. Uh, no. When they put us in the hotel, okay, there's more. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we I came here when I was, like, um, close to 15 years old. So, yeah. And when you first saw a big city, these big cities as you did, yeah. did you feel as though that was a place where you wanted to live as opposed to the countryside? Or? I, it's funny, I did not like it at yeah. all because I sat, when I, at their plane, I sat on the window side. Uh, the whole family were like, oh, why are you going to the corner? Like, can you just sit in the middle? Uh, because my dad was keeping all the young kids like in the middle so we don't get overwhelmed. Um, so I, I looked down. As you know, the light, Melbourne itself, is just beautiful. It was a sparkle. It's like it felt kind of diamond. I'm like, what is this? This is so... Yeah, especially at night. At night, just... it was... Yeah, we arrived at night as well. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so... What is going on? Like, I did not like it. I think it was... it For some people, like, you know, they might get, like, the all sparkle and love this... Exciting. You know, exciting. For me, it was like, uh when I go back mm. like it's not and then I, I we landed and it was so busy I'm like oh my god what is this so I was I was completely I would say like very I would say curious but at the same time did not I did not like want to digest it I was like a bit lost a bit lost that's the word I would totally that's yeah. completely lost yeah so you grow you grow up mm. as a child uh, in the countryside mm. having a lot of land and animals then had to move um, abruptly mm. and then got shifted into tent city, yeah. refugee camps, and then finally got accepted in Australia, came to Melbourne. And at what point did you start school in Australia? Unfortunately, we didn't start straight away. So there was a, a delay due to holiday break, Christmas break, I, I believe. Yep. And then straight away, once the holiday finished, we got enrolled. Um, so they put us, uh, so I was I was at the age of, I would say, 15. Yeah, we went to high school, uh, not high school, language school. 
language school. It's yeah. called, um, it was in Bryburg, it's called English language school. That was the first. So when they put me into the language school, um, I was fresh, you know, my behavior from previously, yeah. obviously, I'm just like stubborn, all I knew is get into fight. And you can imagine the frustration adding to that. Yes. Well, I mean, 14, 15, <laughs> even any kid who's going to school mm. at, in their own neighborhood doesn't want to be there. He's yeah. having a rough time anyway. Doesn't know what's going on. You're trying yeah. to figure out your identity. Mm. And then you're learning another language and another I, culture no. and having to deal with all of that. Oh, so I the, remember, yeah, a yeah. lot of fights from high school, just from people who, exactly. you yeah. know, hadn't had this yeah. experience. But like, I, I would say my behavior was okay, except people keep tr- like provoking me, provoking which you. is that's not good. Um, so what happened, the most interesting thing part is that in language school, you have um, Indians, you have, um, you know, the some European countries who are we all a combination. Yep. Yep. So imagine very multicultural, very yeah. multicultural, diverse. And yep. imagine putting us who some of them do speak a tiny English. I yep. don't. I yep. had someone to translate with me in a classroom. Imagine how that works. And I remember the rules, my behavior, the culture, uh, rules, the school rules. I when you know, who are you to tell me what when to go to lunch yeah. or recess? Yeah. Right. That became a big and I remember not wanting to go, I'll get out of recess and I'll be like, I'm not going. And there are another girls and, you know, they're like, oh, Zen is not going, we're not going. And I would be like, uh, how the hell am I to blame for this? Yeah. And they're like, she's not good. She's not good. Like, uh, uh, she leads, uh, like. Bad influence. That's it. I was labeled. But at that time, I'm just, I have so much in my plate. Like, um, I remember I sit down in a classroom. She, the teacher was talking. The door is closed. There is a light. There is a bunch of kids just staring at the teacher. The teacher was so great, but like you know, I, there was a point. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I used right. to, I used to speak my language. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I had enough. This is a headache. I want to go home. And the 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 translator will will sit next to me. She's like, No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> But you can't it, go home. it has been really, yeah. So I stayed there. Actually, I got into um, one of the girls said something. She swore at my mom. We went to a basketball team with the school to visit another school. I remember. I don't know. I think it was excursion. Um, so she said something. I was I tolerated her like throughout the game. So I remember I got a goal and um, I shoot. Like yeah, I remember. And then I had the basketball um, ball on my hand, and she did say something horrible in Arabic at that time. I do speak Arabic. I was yeah. born in Sudan. Yeah. I don't know if she thought I was from a different, you know, country that who yeah. doesn't speak, you know, Arabic, Arabic. but I, I was, for, I do know Arabic. And as soon as she said something, I did not, I don't like swearing back. So that's, yeah. And then I had the soccer, the basketball yeah. and I just kicked her face, oh hit her nose. <laughs> when I hit her nose, she stopped bleeding and I got suspended for one week. Whoa. And you, I can see my father's face when he got cold. He was like, I cannot wait like to get you home and beat you. Um, that was the face that he showed me. And I remember at that point, there was a big switch to change my behavior. My dad had it enough with me. My mom, my brother, my older brother was worse. And yeah, something changed. 
quickly. From that day, I'd never gone to fight. Like, never. Um, people swear I just ignore them. You grew out of it, too, sometimes. It sounds sometime. like, yeah, you were releasing a lot of frustration totally. and tension yeah. that came I, from. I didn't adapt really well. I yeah. could not take. There is, yeah, as I said, I don't even know how to say water at that time. Not like to say bathroom. Like, yeah. um, I, I just don't understand the teacher. It was so difficult on the top of that coming back from, you know, Africa that I was so free, no rules. Yeah. I mean, my parents tried to control me, but I was, you know, innocent, wild girl yeah. <laughs> at that time. You but didn't have that. You've got yeah. to be at school at this time, time. Yeah. in the classroom, Uniform. have lunch at this but time. That's even Uniform. That starts even before mm. primary school. You know, it, when we're kids, yeah. we're, we're put in kinder, you know, like, yeah. and yeah. there's always the expectation that you will go to school. Yeah. Like, you are known that this is your trajectory. And if mm. you're one of nine, yeah. you know, if you were born in Australia, you would have seen your other siblings before mm. you go. And there's that understanding of what to expect. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And you would have had that yeah. um, primary school experience, mm. but you've just gone straight I've into never, high school. Exactly. No, which I wasn't, is, yeah. you know, high school on its own is just yeah, I wasn't fortunate <laughs> the worst enough. Place, yeah, let alone exactly. Um, I wasn't fortunate enough to go to school back in in Sudan because yeah. um, my parents weren't that wealthy when we moved to the camp. So, yes. um, being literally the middle child, obviously, I have to miss. You know, there's no budget, so the rest, right. the oldest one, and I had to kind of like wait until my dad can manage to put me into school. So. I didn't know how to write. Like I, as I said, from I didn't go to primary school, kindergarten. And here there is a certain thing called, you know, daycare, yeah. um, kindergarten, yeah. Yeah. primary school, high school. Yeah. So th- th- there is a big jump stage for me. And all of a sudden I have to adapt or I have to learn this in language school. So it was super difficult. So do you think when you kicked the basketball and the yeah. girls, which is like such I an image that. itself, yeah, I re- do you think... It was the the dramatic situation that was like you've made someone bleed in front of a whole group of people, yeah. and then your your parents are just like so upset. Or do you think it was like, uh, yeah, I guess all those things combined. Mm. Do you think that you were able to reflect on that, and that's why you moved forward? And you were like, I can't do yeah. it. I can't keep no, behaving I think like this. My like, I would definitely say the people around me, for example, my father and my mother, played part in that. After I made that, like. Being suspended for one week, that it was a big red flag for my parents because, you know, they sacrificed so much. I mean, as I said, for me, it was, you know, my childhood experience was fun, but yet growing, for example, like, you know, the, the refugee camp is rough. Like I can, you know, see people dying from malaria mm. or getting bitten by snake. There is no that to take out the poison. Like there is a lot of things I grow up seeing, but I wasn't that into like, you know, it didn't really get me. I'm very like curious and observant person. But um, but as I said, for my parents, they came so far, mm. they get us here. And I remember my dad, like he didn't beat me. I thank God for that. But he sat down with a serious, when my dad is serious, it's just like, yeah, when he grab a chair you, and tell you to sit on the chair I know he's serious he talk. is super yeah he's yeah. had enough with me so there were uh, words and there were um kind of disappointment feeling that I saw in my parents and I was like at that time I don't know something switched yeah. I was like 
Is, is this is this like no and then also when I keep going to language school to learn I was like there was something clicked me one morning I was like what is she saying like what what is she trying to explain I can see these what words. Are these words yeah I can see those words like perfectly written and I, I don't know whether they number I don't know whether they alphabet right. I was like what is this and like I think I came this far today because of my curiosity, like right. I was like, I gotta switch. What is she saying? I, I want to understand. And then at that point, when you're curious, when you're trying to hear or to learn or to, to when you focused, you're more likely to kind of avoid people around you. Like you just kind of, no, I'm too busy with this. You yeah. know what I mean? And at that point, I have to switch. But I, I was for six months in language school. Um, Definitely, I think I would say six or four, around five or six months. And after that, they're like, oh, we're confident. Zen can go year nine. Right. And I was like, what? Where do I go there? This is not finished yet. (laughs) Like, I have to go again. (laughs) There's more than language school. (laughs) I'm like, what? What are you saying to me again? I I didn't know. Like, there is another one. I thought Mm. I graduated here. So what does day one of like year nine high school Mm. look like? Like, what what was that like for you? Oh, my God. I I got like, oh, I don't want to use the word thrown, but it did sound like it. it's like, we're, we're confident Zen is here. And they, they, I think I sat down with the with the Aussie kids, the people who were born here, the people who were, you know, the third, fourth generation, you know, with the fluent English, with a perfect handwritten and with their on time and uniform. And when they can, like, when they want to speak up, they can speak they can. up. And again, the curiosity continue. Mm-hmm. I just want to watch, learn, observe. Um, so, but year nine was pretty much a very, I was very relaxed person though. I wasn't, I'm just like, I'm going to get, I'm going to dive into it. I'm that type of person. Yeah. I'm just like, no, I'll, I'll just watch. I'll be at the back. You're a fighter. You're the, like, I got this. I got yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> Fake, they said fake it until you make it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like that person. Um, but it, I think there was one girl, her name is Paige, was still close best friend. Um, so I met her and I sat next to her. So I'm like, maybe if I sit with someone who speaks fluent English oh, or they'll have to write, you know what they say, if you're around with people who are driven, you're more likely to be, my dad says that, which is yeah. partially true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I just sat next to her and we became close until we went on going to year 12. Oh, so, wow. yeah, she kind of made me very relaxed, I would say, because she was really calm and, you know, one of those girls who with the highlighter, with the unique. <laughs> coded um yeah like right. she, so was, she was you found a really cute nerd yeah. that helped you out. did you put love hearts on her I, eyes yeah <laughs> it, well those high school friendships are so important mm. to kind of keep you there and keep you um feeling like you're fitting in mm. really yeah. I mean you said that language school obviously was people from all different kind of Diverse. countries coming yeah. now was high school 
was your high school very multicultural or was it no, a as different? You, as you yeah. know, like in, in you know, anywhere else in, in Melbourne or elsewhere in the country, like there are certain classrooms that literally has no brown or black yeah. girls, mm-hmm. right? Or nobody. Like yep. it's, um, it's, so it was one of our, when I went to year nine, so there were two South Sudanese girls yeah. um, and then myself as well. But I didn't really get along with them. Like at that time, I was like, again, I, it's so interesting. I, I, I'm, I got so close with people who spoke English really well, yes. with people who had their pieces together. I'm like, maybe I would learn from them. Like, yeah. And I just, got, do you know, like I've, I'm very smart in a way, like finding my circle that will take me somewhere, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh my God, I wish I was that smart <laughs> in high school. Oh, that's mean. I love my friends from high school, but I was not that self-aware. She was She was on time. She comes out of recess and I don't have to t- like see what time do I have to be back. I just bounce with her and go to class. And when we're going to lunch, I'm like, yeah, she's going to lunch. I'm going too. You know, I, I had to be around those people and I was very selective. So, yeah, but um, it wasn't diverse compared to language school. Yeah. Yeah. But that makes sense because you sort of, we learn from each other. We learn from totally. people. You yeah. Know, all definitely. throughout life. Oh, yeah. And um, that's why I always think it's best to um, spend as much time with people from all sorts of different experiences yeah. to your own. That's really how you learn Definitely. more about um, yeah. yeah, outside of your own experience. You just have to be open-minded as well. To, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is not um, definitely not mm. uh, that common in this country no. in a lot yeah, of places. No. Well, um, did you, did you find that? Did you come to Melbourne and just feel like... Were people treating you differently? Were you feeling like an outsider? Because I mean, like you're always mm. going to feel like an outsider anyway, because you're going through yeah. culture shock. Um, but did totally. you did you feel that way in like your community? Yes, like in your school. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, yep. I did yeah. feel. I did have that feeling. My skin color, my you know curl Afro hair, um, you know, with you know even my body. Like you know, um, when you go high school, you will see, you know, slim girls. And I that time I remember I'm like, oh my god, am I am I choppy? Am I this? Am I that? I wasn't so focused on my body, but when you're around people who's different than you, and if you're not that you know smart enough to switch saying she is who she is or he's who he is and I am who I am it it takes long time to digest that let's be real right um but yeah it was it was really really hard to kind of yeah so I felt like yeah there was a time where I was like I don't belong here like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. Like, can can we have some like exit point? Like, really? can I? Yeah, yeah there are. There are. I'm not gonna lie. There were times that I yeah. felt. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, high school is like everything about your body. You mm. feel is like under oh, the microscope, yeah. and you feel fat if you're not fat. Yeah. You feel, you know, I mean, oh, I'm pimply. I'm this. I'm that. I know. And then on top of that, you know, mm. you're one of the very rare people in your high school with yeah. your skin colour. Exactly. It's like yeah. you feel like you Ex- don't fit in even more. Definitely, including my, like, accent as well though, at yep. that time. Yep. um, You know, from language I speak, from the, the way I talk, or from, you know, the, it, each culture has a different way how we speak, right? Mm, yes. Um, so it was, it was really, there was a time I felt, you know, totally different but it took me kind of a little some time to kind of 
you know, accept, say, okay, I'm different this way. And this is diff- like they're different. So th- that's how beautiful, unique you are, right? We're going to continue to be one. You're different, so, so, but that's fine. Yeah. yeah. You're but, different, but that's great. Yeah, that's great. That, that, that takes quite some exactly. time, unfortunately. Like yeah. we're not, we, yeah, sometimes we just so, we take a lot of what people say. So I was so fortunate enough. I've never been like discriminator or, you know, or I've never. So that's, that's so um cool but you know there are I've also seen people who have been discriminated differently um yeah. so there there has been a time where I have to step up you know and like although I don't know how to speak English or um oh I don't know how to kind of confront someone but I I I grow up seeing that experience seeing there without me experiencing it like someone targeting me yeah. seeing other people that you wake up it kind of like oh my god if they're treating this person a certain way I am similar like that person so therefore I'm next mm. there was a fear yeah. you know what I mean at that time it's like that's but, what they think about me too yeah, yeah but they haven't approached me or they haven't am I gonna be next what yeah. am I gonna be so, uh, yeah. what's an example of something like this is this someone being like rude on the street is this like not getting yeah like seen in, in a space what's... oh de- like it definitely they there has been in a classroom where someone would comment about skin color uh-huh. right and I was like <gasps> I'm similar skin of that person too. What do you like? I didn't speak, but I'm like, oh my god! If they're talking about that person in a certain way, in a negative way, um, and I'm like, I'm not that much different. I might yeah. be next. So there was a sense of fear that I'm gonna be targeted next. That made me to kind of switch. Say, oh my god, I am different. Like they they are saying, but again, that didn't happen. Someone didn't come up to me, said something to me. It was what I saw, yeah. what I like, what I have seen someone experiencing it. Um, but yeah, so that that was one of the, one of a few experience I would say. Since when you first arrived yeah. to now, yeah. do you feel like there is a bigger Sudanese community around oh, yeah. where you live? I was born in Sudan, so um, I got involved. Obviously, I went a few cultural celebration, yeah. so I did. Uh, and at the same time, I'm pretty well balanced and I also contributed and I also being around the Ethiopian community as well. So now yeah. um, it's 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 really interesting because information and being informed is very it's very important. I mean if you have the res- the information and if you're informed where are the the event or who's running what, what's in the community that is itself a big thing. So you'll be able to go there and feel welcome, feel you celebrate, um, you know, that that's the beauty of Australia as well. So, but at that time, I remember, it took us a really long time to kind of find, you know, a community that share yeah. um, same, you know, common culture. The same and background. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, took yeah. us. But they're being there. I mean, although 2020, there are more people celebrating diverse. Yeah. But at that time, it wasn't much. So it was, was pretty much us trying to, you know, adjust the Australian culture. Like, you know, the whole, you know, the language is one of, you know, English language was one of the thing that, you have to get it Big in order barrier. to communicate. So yeah. your English is so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's it is. crazy to think that's your second language. You speak I, so well. I feel like English. <laughs> Thank is, you. I mean, I don't know, but mm. I feel like it would be a very difficult language to learn. But like, it, that's the thing. You have to. When I spoke to people, my 
close friend who knew me in high school. They're like, oh my God, Zen, you're here today because your your confidence got you where you are. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? She's like, you would literally don't know what you're talking about. You will put your hands up out of 24 or 20 kids that you want to do presentation. <laughs> I'm like... Great. Really? You're like, adorable. That's like, so good. I just blabbing. Um, but yeah, I remember putting in language school, I remember I come home and putting the big um, headphones and play different type of kids' toys. And I used to repeat the word like you know, slowly, and I used to be loud going up and down the house, and my parents were like, oh, this the girl's going to go crazy soon. <laughs> She's going crazy. This this language is getting you crazy. Well, you're obviously really devoted to learning. Yeah. It's incredible. Curiosity. Yeah, I, I woke up from that, and I was yeah. like, I was so, yeah, and then I was like, oh, Zen, do you want to come out? Do you want to go out? Do you want to do this? No, I have homework. No, I have something to learn today. Oh, like, I, Yeah, so I just, um, I was very selective where to be and what to do um but i think yeah it paid off that's where we're ending part one of our chat with zen tune in next week for part two where we go on to talk about her current life in australia and her work in youth advocacy thanks for listening to who the bloody hell are we if you like what you're hearing subscribe rate and review us on your podcast app of choice audio production and original music is by andre christodoulou Search for us on Facebook for more information about our guests, fun content, and to keep the conversation going.